What's going on, everyone? This is Andrew Beam from the Back Porch Podcast. Just dropping in real quickly to let you know that today's episode is going to be the first part in a two-part series where we're going to be hosting our very own Academy Awards show for a genre of film that we feel is constantly overlooked by the Oscars. That's right science fiction films. We're going to be looking at the 2000s era of science fiction films and discussing which one we think is the best one from that era. So the first part is going to be our discussion of the nominations where we're just going to nominate films we feel should be considered. And then the second part, which we're going to release on Friday, is going to be a discussion of those nominees and then the ultimate selection of which film will be will earn the best science fiction film of the 2000s or will be given the academy award for best science fiction film of the 2000s we're going to be joined by filmmakers and previous guests micah khan and john yost two people who know each other very well so what i can say for this episode is it gets a little crazy but it's a heck of a lot of fun so strap in enjoy and let us know if we Missed some movies that should have been considered. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. My name is Andrew Beam. I'm Corey Dempsey. All right. So Corey is obviously going to be on Zoom this time around doing the virtual uh, call-in. But uh, we're also going to be joined by two other guests today uh, on this podcast, both directors, both filmmakers, and wear many other hats, I think, when it comes to filmmaking. One of them even acts. They've been on the, the podcast before. We've got John Yost. Micah Khan, gentlemen. One, well, I will say, Micah is of course on Zoom as well, joining Corey on Zoom. Yost is here in person, so uh, gentlemen, welcome. It's so good to be here. I love, it. I love it. Good so to be here. Good to be here. Oh, I think Yost is muted. Like this the entire. Oh, he's whispering. Yeah, oh, it's getting real weird. It's Yost, ASMR. Yost is yeah, Yost yeah. is ready to go. He's I'm into sober. ASMR. He's sober, so it's. No. I guess that's sort of what <laughs> well. is the change here. Um, but anyways, so these guys are joining us to talk about a genre of film that I think we would all collectively agree has been a little bit overlooked or been, has been overlooked and continues to be overlooked. Uh, we're going to try and do our own Oscar nominations or at least pick the best sci-fi film from the 2000s era and give them what we feel would be a, a science fiction Oscar. Um, out so, of the yeah. 10, out of those 10, that's what we're doing? Yeah, cool. exactly. So 2000 so, to 2009. Well, it's not Spider-Man 2, I can fucking tell you that. Anyways, we're going to get into it. It's already right. gotten a little All heated. Right. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, Buddy, I can't wait to argue this with you. <laughs> Jesus. Um, obviously, as we do, uh, we do have a beer that is paired or goes along with the theme. This one, I think we kind of nailed it. It is from Beer Tree out of uh, Port Crane, New York. Right near Binghamton. And uh, it is called Virtuosity, which shares the name with the 1995 science fiction action flick, Virtuosity, of course, with Denzel Washington. Oh, Denzel. Yeah. Apparently, Yost has seen it. I've never seen it. Micah, Corey, have you heard or seen of this? Oh, man. So good. I've, I've seen know. Virtuosity. It is not Denzel's best work. 
Anyways, the beer, uh, Virtuosity, it is a blood orange mango mallow sour. It's mm. a double, or sorry, a sour double IPA. Uh, you know, a New England style because no one really makes uh, the traditional style IPAs anymore except a select few. Yeah, what's up with that? It's I don't know. It's a thing, but. I would, I would kill a person. I really should have bought the West Wing one from District 96 that was at the store then for you. Everything doesn't have to be so fucking it's juicy West all the time. I know. Jesus People Christ. like the juice. But anyways, let's get into the topic. So basically, the reason why we're doing this is because the Oscars are coming up next or this coming weekend, I guess, uh, you know, by the time you all hear this Mm. and justice for Delroy. (laughs) Well, we could we could we could have a separate discussion, I guess, sort of in relation to that. But uh, science fiction films, they don't really get recognized, I think, uh, at least by the Academy, unless it's for and correct me if I'm wrong, sound design or special effects. it's It's usually like, yeah, sound mix, special effects, editing, maybe. Yeah, uh, but never yeah. like never really a lot of acting and writing and uh, directing or best picture. I don't know if very they're very like, rare. I don't yeah. know if they're like the Grammys where they also may have gotten nominated for a really sweet box set. Oh yeah, there's always, yeah. <laughs> there's always like some of my favorite like albums are like, hey, great packaging. You're like, fuck you, Grammys. Yeah, I if I if I was an artist and I won a I won a Grammy oh, for best marketing. packaging, I would just so be like, oh fuck you. <laughs> nice box, fuck you, Grammys. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we wanted to uh, we wanted to at least give some praise to some of our favorite science fiction films. And we didn't want to pick like a specific year um, because we kind of figured that we would have to deal with a lot of, you know, trash, a lot of, a lot of, yeah. a lot of pile of shit that we'd have to wade through here. Hollywood makes a lot of garbage all the time. Exactly. So, I mean, I will say if you were going to choose a year for sci-fi it would be 1999. Well, mm-hmm. so we're gonna we're definitely gonna probably revisit this and look at the '90s, but this time we decided to look at 2000 to 2009, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided that any film that was regarded as science fiction, we included it. But what, what we will say is movies such as like you know Avatar, District Nine, uh, Eternal Sunshine, Children of the Men, all those sorts of movies, ones that actually did get some recognition by the Academy Awards. We ruled those out. They were off limits. They were off limits. We couldn't touch those. With this, though, we did at least try and have a bit of a discussion about what qualifies as a science fiction film. Mm-hmm. Corey, do you kind of want to give us a little bit of a rundown of how we sort of made those distinctions? Yeah, I think that one of the main things was, you know, I started cruising through my IMDb watch list and, you know, I just kind of turned on the sci-fi filter. But when I did that, a lot of films that I felt like weren't necessarily sci-fi were coming up. So 28 Days Later was an example. I feel like that was more of a horror movie. So, you know, in a chat, we kind of discussed, like, what what actually constitutes a sci-fi movie. And I think both Yost and Micah came up with really nice definitions of that. So, Micah, why don't you start us off? What, to you, constitutes a sci-fi film? Oh, well, in my mind, what constitutes a sci-fi film? is if the science or the technology causes the conflict in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think for all the films that we ended up choosing, we can make a very clear case of the science or technology directly influencing the plot of the film and kind of carrying it forward. Yost, what about you? What 
what did you kind of look at when you decided what was sci-fi? Yeah, Micah, that's a that's a great uh, part of it for sure. I think that there's, um, you know, uh, when it has a an impact or when it has a, something to say about the society we live in now by showing a mirror to that society from a science fiction viewpoint, like, you know, what the future might hold or what um, certain possibilities could happen, kind of rooted a little bit in reality i mean science fiction so i mean like in that i also kind of think of things we were talking before about like hard science fiction and, and soft science fiction so like i would say interstellar would be a hard science fiction film there's a lot of it's a lot of stuff kind of rooted in as much fact as humanly possible um and then something like rain of fire which is a good film but i would say it's a little softer because it's like dragons are not it's not a real thing you know, I mean, we, we well, at least let's hope so. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, not, not yet, <laughs> so baby, not yet. The one thing that I kind of thought about that, not too, yet, baby. it was, what, 2020? <laughs> mm-hmm. So my thought was, instead of an actual <laughs> pandemic that took place, it's sure. just dragons. Sure, Like, Children of Men, I feel, is like a soft science fiction movie. I mean, it's more about... It was more society. social commentary right. than it was. Exactly, yeah. was anything right. yeah, It's like, more of a what if, if, like, right, you know, right, like, right. hey, what if we can't have kids anymore? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So like, so that's kind of how yeah, I distinguish I, it. Usually, um, that's how I put pull it apart in my my brain. But I mean, be <laughs> anyone else's if we were a world right? like with that's a subgenre of of sci-fi, is it a sub? I think what Yost is touching on is a really important aspect of all good sci-fi, and it's definitely something that I was looking for <laughs> in all these films. Is what's the political commentary here? What what mm. what's it really trying to say through this science fiction thing? And, you know, I, I can say my favorite films of the ones that we all nominated were the ones that had that very clear political context to them. Mm-hmm. I think some of them, too, or at least some of the movies, I think probably maybe some of my picks and then other ones that were, I guess you would say they were honorable mentions, I guess we, we, we could say, is that the machines just basically taking over, that they became a little too out of our control kind of thing. And how much do we how much do we really want, I guess, automation to be to be part of things or just robotics or, or artificial intelligence? Mm-hmm. I think they touch on that a lot or at least introduce the idea of, well, what if mm-hmm. kind of sort of situation? Yeah, and I think that's too like that was that will be uh, part of my argument coming up um, is that I do not believe um, Marvel movies or superhero yeah, movies okay. are, All right. well, but just All right. Jesus. are science fiction. However, when going through the definitions and looking around, it is considered certain science fiction because it is out of, I, I consider it more of a science fiction fantasy, perhaps. I am put it more in the fantasy realm, kind of like with dragons and all that stuff like that, but that's just my take on it. Um, so anyways, what we really have at the outset of this podcast episode is John Yost taking every possible subtle, not so subtle shots at Micah's list, like right off the bat. So no, no, no. I feel like I feel like we got to move this along because you guys are just like no, champ, hey, champing at the bit right now. I mean, you know, if you pick bad movies, you're going to get a reaction. That's what I'm saying. OK. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway, uh, teasing Micah. So just so Micah knows throughout the, all of this, it is all. It's all good, baby. I'm just playing. Around. I know. I know. Supposedly, all love is sort of you the still, cliche. You still chose pitch black, so I'm okay with it. There you go. Yeah, baby. that's that's like the Gotta one saving the- grace for you, Yost. All right. Anyways, um, VD. <laughs> God. Part of this too is that we do, you know, as we're talking about, that's uh, science fiction films are not as appreciated as we would like them to be. 
Um, they're obviously been in films that have been recognized by the Academy. And Corey, just because I know that you've got some knowledge in this, you got a few listed here. Why don't you just kind of like talk about some of that as well? Yeah, honestly, I mean, in the last, in this decade, it's really only Avatar and District 9. Both were nominated for Best Picture in 2009. Both ended up losing out to The Hurt Locker, which, you know, The Hurt Locker is good, but I think everyone can agree, like, Avatar was the biggest movie of that year, and it was really good. So Avatar not winning was weird. And then... Still the biggest movie of my life. I don't know, man. Hurt Locker made me sweat. So good, I haven't even seen it. The Hurt Locker is good. Like, listen, I got no problems with that, but Avatar, like, that is a huge, huge deal. And, you know... I also started looking back because those were two of the only examples I could really find. And then I was looking at these just classics. So I wanted to go through a couple of years here with you guys. So 1968, you got 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's obviously one of the most influential, important films. Here are the movies that were nominated in 1968. Oliver, Funny Girl, (laughs) The Lion in Winter, Rachel, Rachel, Romeo and Juliet. Damn. You're going to tell me that... Oliver won. Bullshit. Okay, that's Stone. wrong. But I will say The Wind and the Lion is a pretty good movie. <laughs> and Fuck Romeo and Juliet is great, like, as far as a Shakespearean well, adaptation goes. But, you know, the point is that out of those movies, like, try and sit here and tell me 2001 A Space Odyssey isn't more important or influential than all of those. And I, then, it's the one I've like. So this is someone who doesn't have as, as rich of a knowledge in terms of, I think, science fiction films. What's the one I have of all the ones that you just named? The one that I know is a, you know two thousand one, a space odyssey. You know what I mean? So like, just zoom out, kind of thing. Like, that's all I can yeah. take away from it. Fucking. I uh, for my birthday a few years ago, I rented out the Madison Theater and played two thousand one, a space odyssey for my friends, and then they stopped going to the movies with me. Really? That's unfortunate. Yeah, nobody's a better fantastic. friend. Yeah, you should be better friends. Yeah. I, I did the because on my birthday uh, on 2000, 2019 or eighteen. Lawrence of Arabia was playing the full like director's mm. cut four hour edition. So I invited everyone to come and no one came. <laughs> I would have come, Mike, if you had invited me, but There's you didn't. A... Fair enough. There's a Pink Floyd song. <laughs> There's a Pink Floyd song that I guess a message. Uh, oh yeah, Pink Floyd's Echoes. It matches up perfectly with like the ending of 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh. I watched that once one night, and it was Ooh. fucking trippy. <laughs> it was kind of wild. Uh, but Corey. What are a few others yeah. that you think uh, we need to the, shout out the here? The three others that I picked out were 1979, Alien. Mm-hmm. That year, you have Kramer versus Kramer, All That Jazz, Apocalypse Now, Breaking Away, Norma Ray. Apocalypse Kramer now. versus Kramer, All That Jazz, Apocalypse Now, I got no arguments with. Yeah, but that's, Alien that's is a tough far one. more important and influential than Breaking Away and Norma Norma Ray. So, I don't know. Like, Kramer versus Kramer, it, it increased the divorce level. Of that year, literally, like people got out of bad relationships. Hey, man. No, I, I don't think it's impactful. Kramer, Kramer is mm-hmm. awesome, but you know, I'm just making an argument because you said it was the most important movie that year. I, I Apocalypse Now too, but it's one of the five most important that year I for didn't know sure. Apocalypse Now, yeah. and then I didn't 1991, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Mm. 1991, we got the Silent favorite of the movie Lamb, of all time. Second Day. Beauty and the Beast, that can stay. JFK, that can stay. But Bugsy and the Prince of Tides? Hey, man, give like, me Terminator 2, Judgment Day. The, 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 the Academy's going to throw a bunch of, uh, of real real boners in there every year. So, like, you know, you're going to have a few shitty movies. But 
I see another one on this list, and this one I know I can definitely agree with, especially uh, when it came out. 1999, Corey. Fanboys. You fucking fanboys. <laughs> what do we got here? It's a fucking here philosophical mess. 1999 is the original The Matrix, and, you know, that year you have American Beauty, The Cider House Rule, <laughs> Green Mile, The Insider, The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense, oh, The Insider, American Beauty, although The American Beauty has aged very poorly. Mm-hmm. But the Green Mile and Cider House rules, take them out, put in the Matrix. It, the, the original Matrix is absolutely... Wait, was the Matrix awesome. not nominated? No. Oh, that's bullshit. Cause it is. The Matrix, I will... You know, Yost is going to yell at me because he yelled about fanboys, but like the Matrix is one of my favorite movies. Oh, the, well, the, the, the first Matrix I like quite a bit. It's fun. But yeah, I pretend, I pretend that the other two don't exist. Yeah, they don't. They're... <laughs> they're, they're, they're um, they're carnival rides. They're not rocking movies. This, yeah. hurts, this hurts my soul. Yeah, well, um, but 1999, 1999 is the best year for movies in general. Like Fight Club came out, year. 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, it was a crazy year. Uh, Iron Giant. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. it was a year of Stanley Kubrick died. He yeah. died a month after that movie came out, or like weeks after the movie came out. I remember being. I remember Dude, watching crazy. that movie and then being like, "This guy's great. I'm gonna follow him." And then like two days later, he's fucking dead. I was like, "Well, now I need to know everything about Stanley Kubrick." <laughs> Thanks, Kubrick, <laughs> for dying. So as I Thanks, mentioned, man, as I and men- the mummy, I just want to add that. <laughs> no, oh, the mummy. mummy no. Mm-hmm. I don't know about cinematic that. masterpiece. Cinematic masterpiece with Frasier. Well, this you know. Yep. Listen, uh, you know, I guess we can all say that Micah has a broad. Mm. And vast palette, so you know that's that's not a nice. It's not it's not a hit. That's not that's not a shots fired that's in your direction. That's the nicest way of saying you like anything <laughs> that you will fucking not watch true. anything. <laughs> I will watch anything, but I, I don't like everything. I know. I'm just, I know. All right. He I'm likes very, the theme with his music. If it's I'm, mediocre, he likes it. Oh god! All right. what a mediocre. Well, I don't know if it's that. If it's I, I mediocre, say, I like it. It's just there is a there's at least a potential I'm going to like it. My criteria for movies is very simple. If it if it's entertaining and it follows its own rules, I like it. A, but the second it starts to break its own rules, I don't like it. Out the door. That's so, out the door. I feel you. I there feel you. there were obviously as I said some honorable mentions meaning that there were movies that were not included in our nominations. So are we giving the nominations now or no what I wanted to do was kind of at (laughs) least just before we got into those kind of go around and just kind of say what ones we didn't include or you know if there were just like say one or two that we didn't include but that were right on the tip of the tip of the you know tip of the line there that we're gonna that we're gonna make it in but these other these other two or three because we're gonna give you you guys get three nominations Corey and I get two but basically (laughs) we'll start with uh, we'll start with Yost here. What was at least a couple or one that 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 was could have made it into the list, but ultimately didn't? Oh shit! I just had the list and I like threw it out. Um, Sunshine for sure. Okay, we're gonna come back to you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, Mike. I, I'm, I'm gonna just say Sunshine. That's all I got. Like, there was definitely other ones, I but mean, Sunshine's probably one of them. So yeah, right on. No, Sunshine. Know. Sunshine is probably great. I really yeah. like that. But I will say, um, in Danny terms Boyle's. of, but we can't use 28 Days Later. I mean, Danny Boyle's like spent like I know like. Half a decade making solid fucking movies. Twenty days later, it was great. But I will say, with Sunshine, Slumdog Millionaire. With Sunshine, I feel like Micah <laughs> bringing up Micah's previous point of if the movie follows its own rules. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sunshine didn't when it came to the end because all of a sudden there was a sun creature that was attacking it them, was which dude. was I know he was the the previous what ship's captain, yeah. but like he lost his mind, right? But like he also was like a melted body. 
Well, he was very badly burnt, yes. He's crispy. And had superhuman powers. I didn't understand that part. Well, the sun, you know, when you get that close to the sun. Have you not been this close to the sun? Have you? you? Yeah, of course. (sighs) We all have, Beam. We just didn't want to tell you. Now, Corey, I know that this was, I watched this one because this was possibly on your edge. I mean, what what are your thoughts on Sunshine and why it didn't ultimately make your list? I think Sunshine is perfect for the first hour and 25 minutes. And then it just goes off a cliff with a ridiculous twist that wasn't really needed. And so that's why ultimately I was like, all right, it's not, it it can't quite make it, but it it literally is a perfect movie to me for an hour and 25 minutes. It then goes off the rails. The other big one for me was Wong Kar Wai's 2046. I really Mm. do enjoy that movie, but I had a hard time finding where the science and technology was causing a conflict. It's definitely science fiction and there's like multiple timelines, but I couldn't really find the science and conflict happens in the sex. Yeah. Mm, And that's where it is. So I was like, where's, eh, I can't, I can't really pick it because I was having a hard time, like really identifying why it's great sci-fi, but it's a great movie. If you're talking about, if you're talking about like movies that are, about a political message, like 2046 is the year before, uh, what, China gets Hong Kong back? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that whole film is about commentary on that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's a brilliant, brilliant movie, and I wanted to pick it. It also felt a little too prestige I tried to avoid prestige too I much. Know, but I think it feels prestige because we're so used to people copying one car Y now. True. I, I think that Wong Kar Wai has always had a very dirty, down-to-earth, grounded, weird style. I mean, um, every movie of his is just shrouded in cigarette smoke. It, it literally seems yeah, like everybody is the best smoking three packs. And then you got all, the, all these neon lights and bright colors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just beautiful stuff. But I yeah. ultimately left it out. Those were the two that were kind of on the cutting room floor for me. I almost Michael, chose that one. I almost chose 2046 because of that, but then I was like, I couldn't make a good argument that it was sci-fi. Well, Micah, did, um, you, did you have anything else that, other than 2046? Or so many movies. Well, I have so yeah. many movies. Give us, how long give, us, give, us a, give us a couple. <laughs> let's, let's, I will say like War of the Worlds, I thought was fit. I, I don't think it's a great movie, but it's a pretty solid movie. It's a great, I, like... It's entertaining. It has no substance. It has no substance. But as a pure action flick, wonderful like I, I i really enjoyed it like i i thought i was gonna hate every second of it but i didn't what other i mean donnie darko uh, day after tomorrow i really liked i, I loved it that's after. the one with jake gyllenhaal right yeah. yeah i had another hard time like with that because it's really about the science of climate change is the is not the conflict it's just the the cat the catalyst it's like it's happening you know which one is I this? don't know day after tomorrow yeah. what's funny though oh is, is that, that with, is that when cold chases Jake Gyllenhaal down a hallway like I, like I, cold oh yeah like I was gonna I was gonna him. bring that up yeah. that's why I think cold, I like cold chases a man well the thing was is freezing. I, I saw that in the trailer and I was like you no, know no I'm, I'm sorry good. I think I'm gonna save my time on this. <laughs> yeah, after, no. after that, I've never been chased by cold down a <laughs> hallway but what's, what's funny is that is that really science fiction when it's happening mm. <laughs> Ooh. It's happening very slowly. Cold Ooh. is chasing us very slowly, though. Yeah, cold's going to come in. Just not, fed, you know, not down a hallway, <laughs> but down the hallway of your life, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so I will, I will say that uh, I, I haven't seen the movie since, but I really liked Deja Vu growing like in, in the 2000s. Mm. I really liked that movie. Is that Denzel? I, I cannot remember. Yeah, I just yeah. cannot remember if it's actually good or if it's in my mind good. 
I'm in the same boat right I now because I'm trying way. to I'm trying to run through my brain to feel like I'm like you know what I remember it I think I liked it simply okay. just because yeah. Denzel was in it but anything that man does is gold pure fucking gold and you like he's a national treasure do you mean like do you mean like virtuosity as well as the beer which is Absolutely. fucking liquid gold Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, equilibrium. So, thought, yeah. was, so Micah, I mean, you was, just you was, just touched on mine. That was my yeah. that was my honorable mention as yeah, well. Yeah. That I was gonna. So, okay. so what I will say is, with that, this kind of fits my theme of if it's mediocre, there's a chance I may like it, because like equilibrium, it is like the action scenes in it are so fucking cool. Yeah, but they're they're just chasing the matrix. No, no, I yeah. totally listen. I totally understand point, it. Listen, the can entire I? Thing, can I? All right, a so puppy, listen. You guys have puppy. your. You guys have Bro. your. You guys have your parameters no. in terms of what you. No, no, what no, no, you no. define hold as on, a good hold movie. On. Hold on, no. Let me defend hold it. On. Let me defend it. I, I was okay. on it. I'm on it. I'm on. I'm on my <laughs> point right now. Listen. At that time, I had seen The Matrix. Loved that shit, and someone's like, "You know what's kind of like it?" And I was like, "Okay." And like I'm not here to like I wasn't here to critique. I'm just here to fucking be entertained. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so there's sick action <laughs> shots. Absolutely. Wait a minute. Christian Bale, Batman's in this. Fuck yeah, I want to see this. So I'm watching Tay this Diggs? movie as I mean, just wanting on, to see. Well, Tay Diggs is just a bonus. If anything, that man like he he carries that movie sort of in a way. Mm-hmm. Fucking love you Tay tell Diggs. Him I'm, I'm gonna be assassinated, but Tay Diggs is gonna do it. I'll be like, all right, that's all right. <laughs> all right, you can you can do that. You can kill me. It's you fine. are. Absolutely, yeah. Anyways, um, destroy me, Tay Diggs. Please. Me. So it it fit all those things, and it's just a lot of action without ever having to move your torso. Mm-hmm. It was great. Christian Bale doesn't ever. He just that, wails his arms around like a fucking like. Was actually, that, was that the gung fu? Yeah, yeah. Gun okay. yeah. gun kata or something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, the whole thing like is that. based because he does, he wants to save a puppy, right? Am I? No, wrong? it is not just that. The no, puppy no, no, is involved, no, no. however. Right? Wait, that's John Wick, baby. That's You're just John thinking Wick. about John Wick. No, no, no. There is no, a there scene, is a there puppy is a scene in, with a puppy, but it's where he started realizing, oh my God, I can experience joy. Right. Because it licks him on the face. Wait. That's right. What? Yes. <laughs> that is a scene in the movie. Go get correct. Go watch your films, bro. Yeah, dude. If you're going to go ahead and nominate yeah, it like, or fucking... say that it was in the contention. Not, I think it's an honorable mention. It's not a great movie, but it's, it's a fun movie. Well, no, it's inherently but contradictory I'm... because like Tay Diggs is feeling the entire time. He's like, I want to make my career on I mean, fucking. He like knows. He was like motivated. I feel like you can't feel like that. Oh, smoke show. I will say that movie is so similar to The Matrix that there was a time online that people were just saying it was another version of the Matrix. Yeah. Like, literally, that he was a previous The One. Mm. Just wholly not true. He just was He just was skilled. I mean... What, what is the... Uh, I mean, it kind of true. It kind of makes sense. <laughs> was They're it, the same movie, is the best form of flattery? just, like, not very good. Yeah, right. Well, it's <laughs> just like how the... Um, what what's his name? The the not the source. The guy right before the source in the Richard Reloaded. He's like choose this store, this store. He's like this oh, has happened for architect. generations. It's like mm-hmm. like it was the architect. architect. Yeah, the he's architect. like he's like this happens every certainly. Like people were just like, oh, it's just another version of Neo. So it you're is. saying you're saying the architect it tracks for me. All right, you know what. I will. I, the architect I, literally says that it's happened before. Like, I'm good there's with been that. multiple. Oh, so you're saying Equilibrium was another Matrix? Yeah, it, it was just another one oh, of the uh, creations a, of the a, architect. That's a fucking deep cut right there, bro. I think we should get into some nominees, boys. <laughs> yes. Yeah? Right. You think so? You're it. good now? Okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my, my choices for the top three sci fi Oscars for the 2000s are Rain of Fire, Spider Man 2, and Signs. Uh, Reign of Fire, I think, is honestly one of the best movies like ever made until the last ten minutes, um, <laughs> which does not 
does not hurt me that much because I still think it's one of the best best movies to come out of the 2000s, hands down. Rob Bowman. It was so good. A director of um, X-Files. And if people haven't seen it, it's literally just like, we dug too deep into the earth and uh, released dragons into the world. We sure did. So that's why I we think sure it's did. sci-fi because it's the technology is digging mm. that unearths the dragons. Also, and like the, the expansion of society and the technology to push us further and unleashed the beast. Colonialism. We'll, we'll get you know, into breaking down colonial. after, but just, Micah, yeah, continue continue with your <laughs> list and kind of brief synopsis yeah, of why. Yeah. But Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 is self-explanatory here, baby. Don't it's defend it yet. Best, Don't defend it yet. It's one of the best movies ever made, period. So it's just up. so good. He's and so literally... Everything in this movie is caused by science or technology. Oh, all God. the conflict is literally so perfect. <laughs> Who learns? And then I chose Signs because Signs is actually just like, in general, one of my favorite movies. Um, Swing and away. I know that there's no direct technology involved, but the aliens water. had to get there somehow. I don't know if water. So, I mean, if there are aliens involved, it's got to be Signs. Yeah, how did they get there? Definitely. Spaceships. Spaceships. Interdimensional All right, Yost, what are your three? What are my three? Pitch Black, which is just um, a Perfect. fantastic beginning of a fantastic franchise with my boy VD. Agreed. Um, Vin really Diesel. wish you wouldn't call him that. He, I'm with the whole podcast, he is now Vin Diesel is VD, just so everyone knows. You got to get VD to get VD. You know what I'm saying? Um, or to give VD. I hear you. You got to get it. Oh, I want it. You I fucking want it. totally want VD. Um, my, my familia. It's just, so, it's just such a good franchise, uh, startup franchise, and just a fun science fiction film. Uh, what else did I have? I had um, I had The Peas. Oh, I had uh, Primer, which was a fantastic indie film. Kind of got me back in the day, 2004. It was one of the things that kind of kept me going into independent film to watch someone uh, do a pretty hard sci-fi film for like 7000 bucks, like the cost making of like his film that part blew um, my mind yeah yeah he he put a lot into that um i kind of did it on the weekends it was just kind of like a like oh we can do this kind of thing it was kind of great um and it's just a fun hard sci-fi time travel um it's, it's a problematic because of the director but i still like it and i can still like things like kevin spacey movies even though he's a monster but anyways um and what <laughs> what's up with the director uh he's in a, he's oh, shane caruth is a fucking monster. monster he's a monster he's not a nice guy what? no he's not a nice guy Hey, he's Wait, a, I want to know more. Well, he's been canceled. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> Dude, I real quick, I just want to say, like, it seems like, because I was reading, you, know, you you sent me that article, and I yeah. just kind of went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I bet. And it really just seems like his lack of success in Hollywood with, you know, he made Primer, he made Upstream Color, and then he right. never really broke through. And he basically just turned into a rage monster. And... Every interview, That's, he is the angriest individual. Yeah. He's, he's a fucking monster, and clearly, he just took it out on his wife. And goddamn, fuck that guy. Wow. Well, he also, I mean, he kind of did well, it to himself. I, like he had, he had numerous, numerous meetings between Primer and Upstream, and then Upstream to now, where people wanted to help him make movies. And he's just like, from what I can tell, I, I don't know him that well. I've only met him a few times. So bad he's guy. A, he's just a control freak, and he won't give it up. So he clearly he's done it to himself. I don't, I don't feel sorry for him at all. So, um, anyways, moving on. Well, and then it's my, a good thing I don't like Primer. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Anyways, what's your third? <laughs> oh, my third is the best film in this lineup, and y'all fucking know it. It's Pandorum, baby. Boop boop boop. 
Pandorum is pure, <laughs> fun, science fiction horror. The ending is the best thing ever. It is just a good time. Ben oh. Foster, if smoke show. If you were, if you don't, if you're not on the Ben I Foster ben train, Foster. fucking buy a ticket because he is the man. Um, Dennis Quaid's not so great, but 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 Ben Foster so so tasty. Well, anyways, I already have a headache just thinking about oh, it. It's so um, good, you fucking know it. I only watched that movie because my boy Kung Lee was in it. I only fucking watch it because it's on fucking. Yes oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's good in it too. Yeah, yeah. Corey, what uh, what are your nominations? So I have two. I have Bong Joon Ho's The Host, and yeah, yeah. I think it's phenomenal sci-fi because it has both those elements. Um, basically, the science fiction or the t- technology that starts the conflict is the Americans who are fucking assholes pour formaldehyde into the Han River, which is a real story that happened, and then it creates a monster, and the monster tears shit up. There's more to it than that, but that's the basic. And then it is a huge commentary on both South Korean and United States relations, as well as, you know, how Bong Joon-ho feels about the South Korean government and class system, which is kind of a trope in all of his films. If you've seen Parasite, um, clearly it's there as well. So he's very interested in those things. Um, Huge fan of the host. And then my second one is Moon, uh, Duncan Jones's film about a a space person who goes to the moon for a three-year contract to help harvest helium-3 and then hijinks ensue when things are not as they seem uh with we'll kevin get more spacey into that later but kevin, kevin spacey things. is in it but more importantly sam rockwell's in it dude what? yeah and is sam, he not an astronaut dude sam rockwell another one mm. anyway so i got two as well i went <laughs> with matrix reloaded fuck you <laughs> so much fuck you <laughs> anyway i had a fucking I mean, watch <laughs> the reason why it is obviously science fiction a lot of what they do takes place in a simulation that is then hacked into by agents yeah, yeah. with except also, for the orgy. Except for the orgy. That is except taken in a more orgy. post-apocalyptic society where it seems like everything is just made of steel and they are being chased by these gigantic machines that are coming to kill them steel and exterminate and them. Just hear yourself explain <laughs> this movie, how ridiculous everything it is. is just- I'm the, sorry. Yeah. We'll get into your movies in a little bit. <laughs> the brick and mortar of Zion is steel and semen. Steel and semen. It's dripping. I, I, it's I argue that that sex scene is phenomenal. It's wet, as it yeah. as it is as it is interwoven with the rave that is going on, where I'm pretty sure people are probably having sex on the. Dance I feel like floor the Wachowski sisters really get into it. I feel like if you get to know them, it's a lot of fun. Have you? Do you know them? No, but I mean, I just, by watching the movies, like Bound was like one of their first ones. I think they're into some real kinky shit. Oh, yeah. And I'd like to see, I'd like Very to see. Very graphic fisting yeah. scene in that. Yeah. A lot of this has been about porn for Yos today. Mm-hmm. All right. My second film is Minority yeah. Report, uh, directed by Steven, the great Steven Spielberg. And I guess the acting great Tom Cruise as a person, questionable. Anyways, it is obviously. Questionable has acting in it? No, his acting's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm talking about him as a person. Like, Tom Cruise as a person. Right now? As a human? Well, I mean, right now, before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. If you're into Scientology, there's questions. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Got that whole thing. With Minority Report, uh, the main conflict here is, you know, this new technology that is basically tapping into the heads of a bunch of, uh, basically, uh, siblings who 
can predict the future, but really just about murder. They just see murder all the time, murder all day, murder. every day. And uh, yeah, murder. anyways, the, the, the technology or at least sort of the human aspect or the human part of it is becomes the conflict in that film. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, those are the nominations that we have. Solid. I think I think it's a good list. It's a good mix for sure. Mix, yeah. Maybe yeah. not good list. I think it's a good I think it's mix. A fine list. <laughs> but is anyways, it is it is nine films, as sometimes the Oscars are wont to do. And that's new, by the way. That's new in like the last I think ten years. Ten doesn't feel new anymore. That feels like that is. It used to be five, and now it's ten. It two thousand nine was the first year was that, that they expanded. Gotcha. Okay, I knew it was and, somewhere. And it's ten films, Dean. Who taught you math? Yeah. Three, three, two, two. That's ten. Yeah, no that one is. taught me math. That's a good point. Okay, right. so because obviously we got ten movies. Now that I have had my accountant Corey Dempsey correct me on my uh, <laughs> on my numbers here, uh, we we're not gonna. If we literally discussed every single one of them, we would be here forever, which yeah. I wouldn't mind. We've got beers. It'll be okay. Corey doesn't because he's in a school. But oh anyway, so what we're going to do is we all <laughs> actually, you know, as much as we wanted to throw in the nominations, because you got to have at least a crowd or at least a field here. So what we're going to do now is kind of explain why we're going to drop the other two right off the bat. So Micah, what two movies are you going to leave behind here? All right. The two movies I'm going to leave behind are Spider-Man 2 and Signs. Oh, nice, nice, good choice. This good is choice. Delightful. Because choice, I sir. truly think, I truly think that Reign of Fire is one of the best movies made in the 2000s. No, I mean, this would be less contentious because I kind of agree with him. He's been. Hi, man. I really wanted Signs to be in, the, in this. Signs. If sorry. I can just say, well, no, I'm sorry. If I could just say one thing about Signs is, I, I hated yes. it. The, I hated it the first time I watched yes. it. But the second time when watching it for this, because I never wanted to revisit it, it was awful. Is what's what was great is that I realized that this isn't really like a drama. This isn't a thriller. This isn't a horror movie by any means. This is semantic, is what it is. This is (laughs) this is a sci-fi comedy. This is like the 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 comedic timing that each one of them has, and I'm saying like from the kids all the way up to Mel Gibson, is phenomenal. It's yeah. a family comedy. Yeah. family comedy. It's a family comedy that just happens to be during an alien invasion. Because right. they don't seem to be particularly scared. And then at They're one just po- here to rib each other. And at one point, like. they all look at the director of the movie and be like, there he is. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, the ego on this fucking guy. <laughs> it's fucking insane. And then he kills he aliens by just in the movie. Dude, my cats love drinking water out of glasses that I leave everywhere around the house. I know, I've taken care so of your cats before. It's I ridiculous. I am fucking prepared for the alien evasion, apparently, because all you gotta do is swing a baseball bat at cups of gla- or glasses of, of, of water at aliens, and you're good. Was so he hungry. trying to do that? that like, I Do think, you think yeah. he was like, listen, if I hit him into this table... Yeah. Game over. No, I don't think he was actually. But then Just, he realizes all... that water is its weakness yeah. and he starts doing it. No, no, no. What I'm saying though is that when he ultimately gets him is because of all those cups of water. Yeah. It, they ultimately all fall on him. He just makes that one it's lucky shot and connected. just gets the timing yeah. perfectly. No, it's connected. No, it's a fucking coincidence that was totally baked into the, to the fucking connected. plot. What shitty it's planning. Just think of this. Think of this if you're an alien. <laughs> like, if you're like If you're a guy like, hey, listen, aliens, we got to, uh, there's this planet we're going to send you to. Uh, it's like 75% water. I know it's like our only weakness, but like, you know, try not to get wet on a fucking planet made of water. <laughs> 
Nice. What fucking foreman who sent this douchebag and the whole the, all these aliens out fucked that order up? I Can mean, I also on. just say the other thing that's complete bullshit is that, you know, the M. Night Shyamalan, like, when he's in the film, uh-huh. he's like, I'm going to water. And it's like, what does this guy know? Well, of course he fucking knows. He wrote the, he, like, he, he's the director of the movie. He wrote like, the that's movie. Not, that's <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I've I've seen how this plays out. I'm gonna go ahead uh, the thing. Listen, Listen, I know the ending. At the end of the at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I love this movie and oh and the re- and I get it. You get like the water thing. It's fine. Like we've all had employees <laughs> that fuck up. It's fine. We, we, it's uh, fine. I still think the performances and I think the direction is is phenomenal. Yeah. All, right. all right. Listen, I. And I love I it. I love that. I, it's all I love it I now, Mike. I love it now. I don't love it now. I, <laughs> I hate it more, actually, that you've maybe watched it again. So I hate it even more. But thank you, Corey. Were you about to chime in there? Yeah, I just wanted to say that I honestly think Signs is another example of something that is a perfect movie for the first hour and fifteen or so. <laughs> and I'm with you that I just cannot get over the water thing because. These aliens are supposed to be really smart, and that was really dumb. Yep. And I just, it, <laughs> yep. it, I can't get over dumb, it. Dumb, I, dumb, I, what, I about, dumb. what about War of the Worlds? Those get hits I don't too. like War of the Worlds. Yeah, dude, that was your I, choice. I, I, you're, you're trying to Someone like, is fucking points. up at Alien Incorporated. They are fucking up down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to talk about Spider-Man. I, I think Spider-Man 2 is actually one of the best movies of 2000. Oh my God. I don't care what you said. It's also one of the best science fiction movies. It's literally all about how science and technology can make everything go wrong. And it's more of an emotional story than it is a science fiction story. The technology is there, sure. but it's part of the it's part of the story. Yeah, I would I, I I can understand where you're coming from and I will drop the fucking with you for a second. I understand where you're coming from. I <laughs> Holy shit, you just completely changed. Well, no, like I, the entire posture of you just like completely changed. I, there's there's a few people in here with me. I, it's I, he's I finally get, being reasonable. Thank I you. am. I no. I I am a reasonable guy. No, I I. It's not my favorite film. I like Sam Raimi's work. I the best parts of that film are actually when it reminds me of some of the Evil Dead films, like when uh, Doc Ock comes back to life. The surgery. The surgery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I I. There are some there are some nice moments in that film. Um, it's definitely a much more dr- um dramatic Spider-Man than than the first one. It was less um, about the relying on the action. Yeah, the one thing I will say going for is the is the the move for him to stop being Spider Man. Always good when the when the character does something you don't expect. It's just for me, it's not a science fiction film. I will stick by that, but I don't hate the movie. It's just not my favorite, and it's not science fiction. So, so you, that's where I stand. You don't but think it fits giant, the definition? Giant mechanical arms yeah, and thermodynamic no, no. energy is not fantasy. science fiction. Fantasy. Right. Thermodynamic energy is yeah. not fantasy. That is fantasy to me, brother. Okay, listen. Real quick on Spider-Man Two, I, you know, this this is what I wanted you to choose, Micah. Obviously, I'm not I'm, I'm not able to do that, but. I wanted to. You really underestimated how much I love Rain of Fire. Fires are shit. Spider-Man Two is brilliant, and what I wanted to ask you is two things. Yeah. Where Where does this rank in the Spider-Mans for you, out of all of them? The best one. It's incredible. It's It's a dramatic journey of Spider-Man, and as somebody who grew up reading Spider-Man comic books and just in like I'm obsessed with Spider-Man and the whole. My my favorite thing about Spider-Man growing up was that it's about his life, not a, and not just about him being a superhero. And I grew up in Brooklyn, you know, like right next to a comic book shop, and the poor kid reading comic books. I loved it. I was like, this kid's just like me, except he's white, so he won't get shot. <laughs> his uncle did. No, and I Jesus. I agree with you. I not by a cop, at least. 
I that think Spider-Man true. 2 is so brilliant because it's the best portrayal of Peter Parker and how he's just an overwhelmed teenager who is having a really hard time keeping right. his life intact. And then he's also got all this responsibility as a superhero. So like, it's the best portrayal of that conflict of the character. And that's why I happen to agree. I actually do. I, I, I can't ask me another day and it'll be into the spider verse, but those two are clearly at the top. What about think of yeah. the Spider-Man canon? What about I Tom Holland's uh, whole no. arc uh, as Spider-Man and then the death of Iron Man? No, no. no? Spoiler. I, I really, really Christ. like Homecoming. I think Homecoming's awesome. I, I like I like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I think Tom I do not like Andrew uh, Andrew WK. What's no. his name? Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Tom Holland is probably one of the best people to play Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Hands down. But the direction in those movies, the standalone Spider-Man movies, are so bland. Sure. So boring. Yeah, they don't have that Sam Raimi kind of uh, signature. No, I agree with you. You know, again, like I'm not shitting on it too hard. I just, it's just when the Russos direct them. When the Russos direct them, it's great because they actually know how to like how to how to shoot Spider-Man. Like, but like when the other guy, I cannot remember his name, but is it John Watts? Whatever, man. He's just so boring. John Watts. He's such a boring director. Like, he does the most basic stuff for his swinging scenes, where it's like, Sam Raimi will, like, have the camera behind Spider-Man so you feel the velocity of, like, the speed he's going when he's swinging. And then John Watts just shoots him from the ground, handheld. It's like, oh, look at him. It's Spider-Man. Well, no, it's found footage style, man. Found footage style. I hate it. I hate it. It's so boring. You're, the more you talk, the more you're bringing me around, just so you know. Not that it's, it's the best it's, Spider-Man it's, ever, oh, but that I actually don't hate it as much as I think. Reasonable John Yost is fascinating. The battle the battle on the <laughs> side of a building? Boring. Come on. John Watts, what did he do? Is his name really John Watts? He's, I'm looking it up. <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? But <laughs> it is. What did John, right. John Watts do? He, just, he, he has a battle through right? smoke, so you can't see anything. I, I, all right, all right, dude. Okay. Like what? You fight a bunch of drones in in Far From Home? What? Homecoming. I don't like that, Far From Home. I'm on. It I'm is on John Watts. Jesus, that just sounds like a fake name. It wow, you really Watts. didn't trust Corey on that. All I have to say, though, I will say, oh, I will ahead. say, hold on, I will say, Homecoming, the Vulture was a good choice. Yeah. And the, the Vulture, way they chose, Michael yeah. Keaton, perfect. It's fucking awesome. And the, the is, scene where it's the reveal where he shows up to. Yeah. Take Amazing, her from, and then he opens the door, and then the Any, scene in the cab—it's fucking incredible. Like, if anybody else had directed this movie, anybody else with a real vision, it would have been one of the best Spider-Man movies of all time. Mm. But this this director is such a bland, vanilla director, and Jesus. doesn't shoot anything with any panache or style that Spider-Man deserves. This is why everyone was so excited when Into the Spider-Verse came out because they filmed Spider-Man. So perfectly, like it was, because obviously it's animated. You can do whatever you want, but like you can also argue that it's all CGI and, and the other ones. But like they understood like how to make it emotional and how to film Spider-Man and the action scene so it serves the character versus just shooting it in a wide and having all the CGI do all the work, which is the difference between John Watts directing it and the Russo brothers directing it because he did. The Russos do the same thing Sam Raimi does. They put the, the camera right behind Spider-Man when they when they shoot him swinging, like literally in the in the scene in uh, in um, it's like Infinity you're riding War. Him.
Yoast, let's yeah. uh, let's get into the two that you're gonna lop off here. I'm going to take rid of. I'm gonna get rid of Primer, not because of the problematic douchebag who directed it, but because it's a little indie. Um, I do like how the uh, my criteria is more just like the one I want to pick is also along this lines. Like it started a thing, but you know, like that started a an independent movement for a lot of folks primer stuff like that so it definitely has a good place in the whole uh lexicon would that be the word i don't know anyways um sure the canon the canon um and i am going to get rid of pandorum i know that you guys are all devastated but i'm going can you can you no just the one thing i want you to do before we just sure fun what what just before we go further about that film (laughs) can you just like just give me like a really brief synopsis of what the fuck it's about Pandora, you don't know what it's about? Yeah, no, no, no. I know what it's about. Like, I know, I like, Pandorum that... being, like, sort of this Sickness whatever. And... Yeah. Uh, but, like, I, Corey, am I wrong here? We tried to read the plot and just tried to figure out, like, what it was, and it just, it actually confuses us a little bit more. It's all the human race being the, the destructive force in the universe. Yes. There you go. He did literally, it. they're releasing Pandora's box when they release the humans at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, and. Sure. I, what I want to say. <laughs> that was pretty good. What I want to say is I had no idea what was going on for the first 25 minutes, but I liked all of it Mm -hmm. because the vibe that was created and like the way it looked was super cool. Mm -hmm. But then when I read about it and it was like the guy who wrote the movie didn't know what he wanted to do with the ending. <laughs> well, don't read that shit. And then when I read that, I was just like, yeah, that's fucking well, that, apparent. Well, that's kind of like... That checks out. That's my favorite... That checks out. One of my favorite parts of the whole thing is that it's like, just to get your head wrapped around, those people, some of those people were asleep for 700 years, and now they're going to be ejected. 800. In, or 800. And now they're going to be on this planet. Everyone correcting each other on their math. It's going to be. Jesus it's going to be kind of insane, right? So... I mean, just the just the whole twist on that, and just you know, it's a solid action horror film with cannibals, and I don't know, it, it's just it's a fun movie. And Ben Foster fucking doesn't phone it in; he kills it. And I don't know, it's just it's an enjoyable science fiction. Oh, he never. Ben did Foster it. never. That fun. smoke show never Adams. phones Amy, it in. Yeah, Amy Adams <sighs> is going to the Oscar in everything she does. The same with Ben Foster. Oh my god, dude, he can he, oh, like, even in Batman vs Superman. Amy Adams is going for the Oscar. Bison of love. Fuck Ben Foster. Anyways, I'm sweaty now, but only just because it's yeah. more than I'm comfortable. Yeah, that's okay. Um, anyway, so <laughs> that's why I chose Pandorum. Uh, Primer is a great, uh, I think, for me, hard science fiction film done on an incredible budget um, and de- you know decently well done and enjoyable. Uh, love them both, but I'm gonna go with uh, my VD, my boy VD. Yeah, so Pitch Black <laughs> is my pick. Um, I love all three of the movies I picked, but I'm gonna go with that one moving forward. So Primer, I wanted to to like it. One because it's it was so on that boring. Budget. Well, it's not, I don't. You're I don't. So I don't necessarily boring. think You're it was boring. boring. It was more. I was just like. <laughs> I was so trying. Boring. I had a real oh, difficult time like following eyes. it because they're just talking real quick over each other too, and I feel like they're discussing the plot like in those in those sections, dude, and I'm just dude. like, wait, what? I mean, I know it's about that, time travel. I get that. I know that, it's about that. losing control of your double, uh, in various timelines, but I that I, guy I think, that guy watched a Robert Altman film. He watched a Robert R. Altman film. He's like, what if we do that mixed with time travel and also we suck? Wow. That's the movie. Wow. Do you see do you, do you see how this, like, I Reasonable John comes out and tries to defend and then I guess get shit on? 
I don't know if there's oh two God. versions of Micah. I think Micah's Fucking just being Micah. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Read a book, bro. Read a book. I am right now reading a book called Culture and Imperialism. Wow. But- <laughs> wow. Stop reading books, bro. Stop reading books. I understand what you guys are saying. I, for me, when I saw it in two, early in, in 2004, I just come out of film school, and uh, I was just really it happy. Shows. Yeah, thank you. It Fuck shows. You. Um, <laughs> it was really nice to see someone make a, a pretty complex, interesting I thought it was interesting film for very little money. So that's why it always kind of stuck with me. That's why I like it. But it's definitely, it's not, it's definitely not like, you know, like it's not a barn burner for sure. It's no Spider-Man 2, I guess. No, they just felt like they were burning up inside. Um, Corey, what do you think? So I am, I am on team Yost here and Yost, I wish you had picked Primer. And what I want to say is I get what Micah and Beam are saying. But at the same time, that's what I love about it is it doesn't treat the audience. Like well, it doesn't asses. even consider the audience. It's just like, yeah, that's hey. the exact thing. It doesn't consider the audience because it's like, I'm smarter than you. So just just hold on for dear life because I'm the smart one here. You'll figure it out. And I like that. If you've like, met him, you know I that like that. Feels. He's like, get on my level and just take the ride with me. And right. I, I respect that. And I like it. I don't it. think it's a get on your level thing. I think it's literally like, I'm smarter than you. You're going to like my movie, and that's that. Well, I think that comes around when you think about yeah. Shane Carruth as a person because yeah. he's a fucking douchebag. But I got to say, I, I really enjoy Prime. <laughs> I, I'm on Watson. Team Yost. He, Shane, if listen, you're listening, I'm not, you. I'm, not, I'm not saying that I disliked <laughs> Primer. It was more that like it was I, it was difficult for me to I, well Michael we know that but no it was I I understood what was going on but I guess I was trying to follow the finer points and it was a bit difficult to do but you know what I actually I enjoyed the acting in it I like those two dudes I I was yeah. intrigued by by what they were doing and just how they were going about their business Abe has gone on to be a very, uh, fairly successful actor and and like got into the industry and then Shane just sat around and be like, no one's smart enough to get my movies in Hollywood sucks. And that's why he's only made two movies. Well, it was just funny. Like with Abe though, like if I'm thinking of the guy, he just had a lot of reveals Yeah, for Aaron, a lot of, a lot of reveals. He just was always just like a magician just being like, and now like, here's my double. Like (laughs) it was just like, I don't know. It just felt like a constant, like bunch of reveals for him. I I just, Um, again, I, I think mostly for me, it's the, the achievement of, making a film for that little bit of money. No, no, and I just appreciate kind of like that. getting that kind of when you're younger and into it. It's like, um, again, problematic, boring, maybe. I don't think it was boring, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm smarter than everyone in this room. I don't know. I'm just you know, putting it out there. But I believe it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe <laughs> your name is maybe your name is Shane Carruth. Maybe too. my name is Shane Carruth. <laughs> Listen, as a as a person who understands how time travel works, like I love this fucking movie. I'm sorry, what? I cannot believe that you just went out there and said that you understand how time travel works. I know that was pretty, that, understand that was pretty that was pretty really? solid. I was like, actually, that's where I should have had the laughing part in. We'll obviously cut out don't the do weird sound do not effects. We don't, even know the, we don't even know the we don't even know the beginning of time. Like, <laughs> all right, all right, we don't we even. This is a different podcast, you guys. There is a book called The Order of Time by a <laughs> theoretical physicist named Carlo Rivoli, and we don't even understand time. And you understand time travel? Yes, I understand the concept. Yeah, but I, I don't know how to put it into action. Oh, we go in machine and we go back in time. That makes sense. It's time travel. Listen, no, yeah. not like that, I mean, Micah. If you can't no. get it, it's okay. If it's smarter than you, it's fine. Don't just damn just it. Let it. Everyone be. here is a Shane Carruth except for oh, me. Oh my god, it's okay, buddy. 
I mean, I'm 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 not I'm not gonna like fight hard for it. No, I, just... I wouldn't. I would not fight hard for it. <laughs> okay, so, so clearly, we, clearly we're very time travel question. movies. Time travel movies are not my thing. But. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, in terms of the movies, that, so I got two movies. So yeah. I am cutting one out of my list. Better be the fucking Matrix Reloaded. Better it be is, Matrix. It Reloaded. is the Matrix Reloaded. Thank but I mean, I, I know I know that's like the obvious pick. But <laughs> that's obviously <laughs> that's obviously because Minority Report is so near and dear to my heart, and I love it so very much. Awesome. But I will say, and um, in preparation for this podcast, and it kind of actually set me back a little bit, I watched this movie, my Matrix Reloaded, three times. Why? I watched it three times Why in three days. Now, let me explain. That is awful. Let me explain. I watched it. I tried to watch it the first it's like time. It's like saying right? I wrecked dick in a car door. Why would you do that? <laughs> so oh I watched the it. The only movie I've watched three days in a row is Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> so right, I watched it. I watched it. I tried to watch it one night after coming home from work. Clearly fell asleep. Corey knows all about that shit. And so then the next day, I was Forget. like, I was with my wife, Sarah, and I was like, you know. Um, we get it. You're married. Move on. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, you are too, yo. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but I don't brag about it, do I, in my podcast? God damn. I'm just identifying people for fuck's sake. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I, I, I was going to finish it the, uh, the next evening. <laughs> And I mentioned it to my wife, and I was like, hey, I'm going to watch this. And she's like, oh, you know, I've never seen it. I want to watch it, too. So I started back from the beginning. Oh, you boy. ruined her life, too. Yeah, you no, no, here's the thing. Here's life. here's the best part. She fell asleep. Oh, so I could have started oh, from where I was, God. but she, she literally woke up right to the point where I, w I had left off the previous time mm. and started watching and then promptly fell asleep again. And then Corey... boring as shit. Oh, my God. And then Corey came over uh, to record a different <laughs> episode... And then we just decided to watch it again then. So, yeah, saw it three times. I fucking love it. Like, I, I understand that, like, actually don't understand. I, I know I keep trying to reason with you guys on this one. I don't think I can do it. The action scenes are fucking phenomenal. The, plot, the, well. plot, the plot is, yes, not good. I don't fucking care. That is not what I'm here for with this movie. There's the conflict. It exists. Neo is doing his goddamn best to get rid of it, and he's looking fucking great while doing it. Do you find the philosophy of it problematic at all? What is the overall philosophy of it? I think it's the oh causality and a choice versus oh, yeah. not having a choice. Um, it's 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 definitely armchair philosophy to me personally. Oh, it's some yeah. Um, no, I understand that part. Like in terms justify. of what the architect was. Yeah, um, yeah. But I will give you this some solid action sequences. Um, it's not ter It just it just it's just so fucking full of itself, and it's just so like like so self-important and you're like bro it's not that important but that's that's to See, me look at look at him chuckling over there what are you chuckling at and Martha? listen i i hear what i hear what both of you are gonna say and i get that and like wait do you I, like this I movie Corey? Hear, yeah I, oh well God. Eh, mixed right. bag oh God. Um, come on we had this discussion now all of a sudden hey don't leave your no, boy out here to always, dry i just i just yeah. got, i'm getting left out here man listen like, and people always levy these fucking critiques at Christopher Nolan movies. Like, why, yeah. what are you going into this movie for? Are you going into it for some kind of philosophical discussion? Because, like, yes, no. because he's presenting one. But, like, I, I don't can ignore give a it. Shit. I clearly give me did. Well made. Well, when, a filmmaker, when a filmmaker presents a philosophical <laughs> problem, it is a philosophical movie that he wants you to acknowledge. So, when you say something like that, when you go, if you're going to a Christopher Nolan film, are you going in for the philosophy? Yes. Because that's no, what he I'm not. wants you to do. That is exactly what he wants you to do. I can take whatever I want 
from the movie. And what I'm taking from The Matrix Reloaded is two things. I'm taking the sequence when Neo fights all the Smiths, which yep. is fucking incredible. That was pretty good. And I'm taking I'm taking the car chase sequence, which mm. the fact that the Wachowskis did 95% of what Tenet did in 2003, yeah, like right. fucking eat shit, Christopher Nolan. Like yep. they did this shit back in 2003. They're fucking better at it. Can we get that on it's a t-shirt? Incredible that car <laughs> shit, Christopher <laughs> Nolan. I would, I would All fucking, right. All right. I would wear that every day of my life. Listen, I get it. Like the Make philosophical says, eat shit, Christopher Nolan, and I will wear it. Yeah. So the Fuck whole, yeah. I understand the whole causality part of it. Again, I'm not really watching it for that. I don't really care. I, I'm, I'm going to leave that behind. I'm watching those things. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is interesting. Oh, wait, he's going to fight a bunch of fucking Smiths. There's literally a part in that fight where he takes one Smith and Smith and throws it into a bunch of other Smiths, and they fall over, and it makes a sound of bowling, bowling pins. pins. And yep, oh, yep. my God, I, I loved like, every second I of that. I actually had to go back. I was like, did that, was there just a, a sound effect of bowling pins falling? Or was like, <laughs> I texted, it's fucking incredible. I, texted, <laughs> I was like, what I texted, was that? I texted that to Corey, and he just, like, I don't think he, I like, Usually he doesn't give me too much in a text, but he uh, clearly had some sort of emotional reaction. I'm like, a smith just threw a smith into a bunch of other smiths. What's the third one? Revolutions? That one's garbage. Yeah, we don't have to talk that about that terrible. at all. That one's awful because it's all philosophical like and I could care less about it. Shades of Trash. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like, like, it's like, it's like we didn't we didn't like need to end trash. this one. And like the ending fight scene is just fucking awful. It's just garbage. Yeah. But um, no, so like... And I, th that movie was just a lot of fun for me. And also, too, the context of it, when I first saw it, it was my first, I think, like, R-rated film in theaters. Mm -hmm. So... But why, um, why not The Matrix itself, the original, or why the sequel? What 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 above the original is, is banging it for you? Oh, um, what it is is the year we're in. That was in 99. We're in the 2000s, Oh, bro. so if we had been in the 90s, it would have made the first one. It would have been, been the first gotcha, one. Gotcha, Listen, gotcha. I'm sorry. If you guys think that I'm here trying to argue for Matrix Reloaded over the original Matrix, well, I, please do not mistake That's what me. I thought for a second. A, and because B, Spider-Man, the original, is 2002. Right. And he went Spider-Man 2. Again, not shitting on you, but... You were it, living in your own logic. I was living my life. So I get like, so he's choosing the fucking sequel to the Matrix. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Abs but absolutely not. And I'm I choosing. I was this in the Matrix. <laughs> and I had to get out. No, absolutely, absolutely not. And then a QAnon guy red pilled me, and and now here we are. Corey, let's get to yeah. you, my friend. Do you now? Oh, you don't want to hear my opinions on Matrix Reloaded? Oh, no, sorry. I thought no, no, no. Please, not Micah. Particular. I didn't mean to cut you out, man. What's happening? Jesus. I will. Fuck. I will give it to you that. The costume design in this movie is literally amazing. Every, everyone was in vinyl leather. It's delightful. The action sequences Smoke are the show. most boring that the Wachowskis have ever done. Wow. that's like, a And they don't even hit oh. as hard. They're soft fight scenes at the best. Mm. Like they are, There's no tension in them whatsoever. Because literally, Neo is a god. Like, what tension are we going to feel when they're fighting? The best fight scenes are with Morpheus, and they're barely in them. I mean, and the best thing about these movies are literally Morpheus's entrances. He does the do a it. really good speech, and man, he's amazing. He get the Lawrence yeah. and, Lawrence and I am a big Wachowski fan. I think Speed Racer is one of the best movies. That oh my god, dude! No, I think Speed Racer is absolutely incredible. You're naughty. Hat, are you serious? No, because you try to get any other filmmaker to make Speed Racer, that's not what they're going to come up with. That is, that movie is a visual masterpiece. We're talking about choices as a director. Speed Racer. Was Speed Racer made in the 2000s? I don't yeah. know. Fuck, I should have chose that. <laughs> Talk we'll about Speed Racer hour. all day, baby. 
all day. But Meet Your Crew Loaded uh-huh, was one of the uh-huh. softest action scenes I've ever seen. Like they are so boring in Hard comparison to the original yeah. Matrix. The original, the original Matrix, um, all the action scenes well, hit dude, hard. If you're, if you're, well, all right. Listen, I will give you that. There's a lot more guns in the first one. <laughs> there's a lot of guns. Listen, that what is it? Is it a bank that they go into where it's just like five minutes of a shootout or something like that? In, in the first one. In the first one. No, it's the, it's the lobby scene where they're going to save more yeah. people. Well, that's what I mean. The lobby yeah. scene when it, when it, yeah when it's yeah. him and Trinity when when Neo and Trinity enter. That, yeah, I guess I'll take it. Um, yeah, that that whole scene is like one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I can watch that on yeah. that clip on YouTube because over there's and over a reason why that fight scene needs to be there. <clears throat> yeah, I understand. Everything in the original <laughs> Matrix causes the outcome of the next just... scene. We all know. I hear you, but it was the choreography of the fights that I fucking loved in Matrix Reloaded. It's the, sh- the, the beginning, the beginning, is, the beginning. I mean, the fight scene before he gets that. to the Oracle is like I fucking. I will always remember seeing that in theaters. That was so fucking awesome. I loved every minute of it. Second, I think it was only a minute was that long. was that was was that Tiger Chen? Who's the who's the actor that was fighting him? I unfortunately do not know. It's the Seraph. Is his character name? Right. Yeah, look him up. The Seraph. Oh, it's Colin Chu. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad the Matrix movies exist. I will say that much. Because I love the first one. I, I can't And I love tell. what it did for the Wachowski's career. I almost don't believe you. But I, 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 I agree I with that second one. part. I sure. wish the third one had I been literally, done I, better, for sure. Well, I wish we all I, do. Well, no, there's a fourth one coming. So maybe They were we'll... rushed. They were completely rushed. What, the, the fourth the one? No, sorry. Oh, the second third. and third. The second and third. Second and third. I did hear that, yeah. So, Corey... We've arrived at you. What is going to be the one that you're going to leave out? I'm leaving out Moon. I really like the movie, um, but when I watch it, I think there's a much more interesting way to go with that story. I I think it was much more interesting if Sam Rockwell's kind of dealing with the psychosis aspect, aspect, and then he finds out he's a clone much later, like Mm. an hour an hour and 15 into the movie. Like that's right. a much more interesting movie to me. Basically it shows its hand way too early. I think. And, and he finds I just think there's like, a much right more. He comes back from like dying essentially. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. So like it happens like 25 minutes into the movie and yeah. I think it just shows its hand a little too early. I would have been much more engaged with the mystery if he was kind of dealing with the psychosis and going into that isolation feeling more. I think he could have leaned into that a lot more, and that's a much more interesting movie. But I still do like it, and I remember absolutely loving it the first time. Um, I thought it was so interesting. So, uh, And the way that it kind of just mirrored 2001 A Space Odyssey with the Gertie Howe thing and mm-hmm. you know Sam Rockwell being up there, I just thought it was like the best modern interpretation of you know A Space Odyssey. And I really liked the time this time watching it, you know, I just thought there was a more interesting way to go with the story. So, you know, that's why I'm going to drop that and I'm going with the host as my pick. See, it's a good I, independent I also, film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that movie, and mm-hmm. and a large part of it is because I'm a I, I I'm a, I'm a Sam Rockwell stan. I love that dude. I, I think he's, he's great. I mean, who is fantastic? I don't know. I haven't really heard anyone truly badmouth Sam Rockwell. I heard he's a very nice person to work with. I gotta man. believe he is. He seems awesome. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, I I love that movie too. And what's interesting though is that I. I did. I've always loved it, and I've always remembered loving it too when I first saw it. But um, I feel like after watching it this time, it did feel like there was that like little bit that sort of missed. That was that was kind of missing. And I do think that Corey brought up a good point in terms of just like yeah. saying like it did show a tan too early. We were living with the the clones for for way too long, longer than we needed to. And uh, you know, 
We didn't need to go through the evolution of the you, the that that what the, the the new clone being a dick to being more understanding. But can you imagine a, a future from now if we're talking science fiction where Kevin Spacey, the real Kevin Spacey, is going to be the voice of all computers <laughs> in the future? Dude, <laughs> that's <laughs> the gig he gets. Like he can't get an acting gig, but he signs like exactly. something like IBM or Apple. And becomes, He's just like, going to be a series. voice actor. Like, like you, like, he becomes a new Alexa. That you like talk to the computer in your house, and it's fucking Kevin Spacey. I think as long. <laughs> long as he's not doing his um his frank underwood for his frank underwood well, hello. Uh, voice you i'm looking I'm for toilet that. paper at 995 like, so micah what are your it. thoughts on moon i mean i think moon is a pretty average movie that is completely elevated by sam rockwell hmm. mm-hmm. i think that if anybody else was in that movie i think it would have i would have not watched it hmm. i wouldn't have finished it um, I just think Sam Rockwell. It's, it's like it's a case where like the you cast it so perfectly that it elevates the entire film. Um, I was more interested in watching him go through all of that than I was like because I thought he was just right. putting on a great performance. He's great, in right? Exactly. Seconds. And that being said, it's like if if someone like I don't know, I don't even know who was popular in the 2000s anymore. But if someone like uh, I mean, it's a whole decade Jason ago. I could remember shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Like I don't know if any, if any like big star had been in it, it would have been. I think Brad it kind of would have hurt Brad the Pitt. film. No, I don't think so. I, I just think Sam Rockwell has Sam Rockwell has a quality to him that feels like a very everyman. Edward Norton. Again, no, no. I I think that I think that Edward Norton would have made it too dramatic. Fucking guy is always doing that shit, isn't he? He's always making yeah, shit way I, I just, too dramatic. It's that just fucking a, guy. There's something about Sam Rockwell that just makes him feel, you feel, you love him, but you also feel sorry for him when he's in trouble. Duncan Foster. Jones wrote this movie for Sam Rockwell, so like, this was always in his mind, and so I think that's part of the vision anybody of the movie, else. and it worked. Yeah. yeah. If there's anybody I, I else in the works, I don't think. I was going to say, Ben Foster, we could do another podcast later where we mash up our things. Like, Ben Foster, Ben Foster's character from Pandorum <laughs> smashed into the moon. I actually sent my own suggestion to Corey. Uh, I was like, because, well, sure, no, sure. not just now. It was, it was while, it was after watching Moon. I've, I, ever since we did Armageddon versus Deep Impact, I, uh, I, I've been thinking way too much about Armageddon. So I just kind of because he's, you know, they're they're mining for, for what they're mining for what the helium three or the H three. Um, oh, a smash up between those two. No, I basically like I was like, what if Harry? I just, I just wanted to put Harry. St- I just wanted to put Bruce Willis in that and just have him do the whole right, thing. What's the, what's he, the plot to Armageddon? They uh, just there. There's a comet. Asteroid. There's a comet coming to uh, to Earth, and it's going to destroy everything. There's a comet coming to Earth. Yeah, I'm and uh, they they the they send a bunch of uh, oil drillers to go on and as you would to fly up into space and land Duh. on this comet, drill into it, put a. It was a great put documentary. A, put a yeah, it was a great documentary, was, and and put a bomb into it, and just like you know, fly away and save all of mankind. And the thing that Corey points out in that is that Harry Stanford's got to, ha- you know, Bruce Willis's character has to hang behind and he dies. Uh, so there's no way that this could be a continuation from Armageddon. And that was the end of his career, too. Which is why we need to put Steve Buscemi in that role as well and just have Steve Buscemi oh my in God. space. <laughs> Steve oh my God. Buscemi in space. I want to do that movie so bad. But it's got to be Steve Buscemi as Rockhound, which from, is yeah. particularly uh, interesting. Yep. From Armageddon, yep. there's going to be at least like one or two scenes where he's masturbating to porn. Actually. Like there's there's no way that that's not a thing. That's Real going dirty to happen. version. Uh, Real dirty version. I, 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 
I love child Steve porn Buscemi, too, because Rockhound is like a fucking pederast and it's oh not God. okay. Yeah, it's, it's... Wait, was Steve Buscemi in Armageddon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. Oh, I don't he remember actually, that at all. What's funny is he Dude, actually Armageddon's gets a perfect movie. He suffers from. Uh, <laughs> hold on, before uh, before we go down that road, Steve Buscemi's uh, character Rockhound in that movie does suffer from Pandorum. Yep. See, I'm telling <laughs> you, this we space dimension, dimension. I'm sorry. All together, he does. He does. He tries there to ride a, the, there was the, a great the pot. thing like uh, from from uh, uh, from the bomb, or the movie, the bomb. You know what I'm talking about. There was a there was a great That's podcast true. I was listening to with the screenwriter of Arrival and how he used to be uh, like a, a secretary at a physics off, like a, a, a physics lab, and they were all one day like really drunk, making fun of Armageddon, and they're like, if they really wanted to stop that comet. They should have just painted it white. The sun would have done all the work. <laughs> and I'm like, that's pretty dope. Fair actually. enough. That's pretty dope. Like, that would have been a way better way of doing it than planting a bomb. But it's a Michael Bay movie, right? Gotta, gotta have, have bomb, bro. Gotta have explosion. I needed the gotta explosion. Have explosion. Yeah. Even in space where there's no air.